0: And welcome to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM 3WBC. The Bombers get their first win for 2022 as the Casey winning streak rolls on. We have a very big show installed tonight. Special guests include Stephanie Simpson from Darabin Falcons, Ethan Phillips from Port Melbourne and Athol Hodgetts, who's been around the VFL or the VFA for a very long time, played at Coburg, was the president and also uh, was the president of the VFL or CEO, I think it might have been called back then. As per usual, I'm joined in the studio by Peter Loush. Loush, you're welcome to VFR Rewind.
1: Thank you for having us, mate. Another great um, weekend of VFL and VFLW footy, and the VFLW now heads into finals next week, So, and we see two expansion sides play straight away, SNN and Hawthorne out of Windy Hills, so that should be an exciting start to the VFLW finals. Yeah, that's going to be an exciting one. Probably the two best teams in the VFLW all year, and
0: um, they're one and two. It's a we would set up in the VFLW the final system: first place, second. But I guess it gives it an op- the better teams an opportunity to get in the grand final a little bit earlier. So yeah,
1: yeah the VFLW finals is upon us. So it's come very quick. They've rested. They rest- Both teams rested a fair few of their um, star players, so um, to freshen them up. And I do say they'll all be back this week for Essendon and Hawthorne. and. Um, Essendon, congratulations on finishing minor premieres and undefeated as well. They had 12 wins and two draws for the year and um, the Hawks came in in second spot with um, 12 and a draw and a loss, I think. So they um, they performed really well. So um, I reckon this could be a cracker of a game. Um, so if you've got nothing better to do on Saturday morning, get down to Windy Hill. It was a big week of VFL and VFLW. Actually, we had a few... Uh Big moments, a yep.
0: bit of a viral moment, actually, I thought. Uh, uh, the, the Mighty Dons finally got their first win. Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 how, and how? How, how. cool is it? How cool is yeah. it the way they won? Yeah. that That's that something out of a movie almost. You could could slow motion that and, and put it into a movie. I've, I've seen a lot of games of football in my life, and I've never seen a ball kicked um, yeah. before the siren and the sirens went and the ball's in midair. It's it's, it's It was phenomenal.
1: Yeah, no, and unfortunately there was no one on the line for Coburg either. So um, I don't know if it would have made any difference because the, the height the ball actually went through. I think may you may have needed somebody like a Ruckman to be on the line to sort of Punch it back into play so it didn't score.
0: Yeah, it looked like it kicked. Like, I don't know if anyone knows what that is, but you know, when you watch a rugby league game and they they, they kick the ball on the ground, and sometimes it just kicks up, it, it like bounced over the Koberg's head. It was pretty, um, pretty phenomenal.
1: And my apologies to the listeners. The VFLW finals start not this weekend, but the next weekend, and who do you think just messaged me that? I would have been the great man down at the command centre. Yeah, this is Michael Robinson. He's, um, he's on, he doesn't just, miss a beat. He knows more than us. He goes, I'm online, so that's good. <laughs> it's great, Robbo. You're online, so that's good. The internet's working down there, the MBN, And he's um, told us, yeah, you made a mistake. So we're only human, Robbo. So thanks for that info, button.
0: Sincere apologies, Michael. We we always get it wrong, and you're always right. You always back us up, Robbo. So we always appreciate that. It is interesting, though. I wonder why they have got a week off. I guess it's probably just to freshen up. And like the AFL, I don't know if the, the VFL men's don't have a week off though, do they?
1: Nah, but I, I think it is a good idea to have off. And then you've got also some of them may have um, been able to qualify some of the AFLW girls as well. Yeah, so, that's
0: that's that's a good point as well. Ah, uh, we had some. Before we do get in the scores, Lachie, I do want to ask you: What was your favourite moment of the weekend in the in the VFL men's or women's?
1: Oh, the favourite moment! Yeah, it's hard to go past that Essendon yeah, win. Um, I agree. After seeing the highlights, like I only saw it yesterday after we came home from the Preston Carlton um, Northern bullens Carlton game, which um, another honourable loss to the Northern Bullens. At one stage, we thought they were over the line, um, and um, Southport keep on keeping on in the VFL, don't they? They um, had a good six-goal win against one of their Queensland neighbours. The, I, th-
0: I think that was an, another talking point is Southport just keep on keeping on. And then, as you mentioned, it doesn't look like it's going to end. The run just keeps on continuing. They're, they're running with so much confidence. They're so the reigning premiers in the Nafel still. From, yep. They won 29 premierships. So they, they just think they're still the best team to beat and um, they're they are beating everyone convincingly, too.
1: Well, you and I are probably going to catch up with Steve Daniel in a few weeks' time out of Preston, and we'll see if we can actually either um, get him on on the show live or we might do a pre-record, eh? Yeah, we'll
0: have to have a chat to uh, Steve Daniel, the, the senior coach of Southport Sharks. They've got a great coaching panel up there, Matty Lappin and also Matty Primus. Primus, who's a former senior coach. Yeah. I want to share my favourite moment I had to, um, I thought that uh, the, the Essendon point is one of the most phenomenal moments in VFL history that I can ever remember. Yeah. Jake Sutton's point will go down as one of the, I reckon one of the, the history-making points of the VFL. In terms of, I don't think we'll ever see that again. In The moment it, a play kicks the ball to when it goes through is what probably takes three to four seconds. Yeah. And it, in that spate of time, the siren went. So it's phenomenal. But my, my favourite moment as well, probably equal first, is the, the mighty Port Melbourne borough in the VFLW getting the win against Darabin, um, going in as underdogs and they, uh, they held their own and they, they got the win and it was fantastic to see so many people support the team and a lot of fans run on the ground and celebrated and hopefully uh, that's a, I guess a, a future for the next year to for the club to, you know, keep on building on what, what they
1: had last, uh, this year. You know what made Port Melbourne, you know, you look at the year and you say, geez, not a very good year, but a very young side and didn't have much support from their alignment partner, Richmond, either. But I hope that Richmond actually invite Caitlin O'Keefe to a oh, preseason. Yeah. Um a Very good player. Or one of the expansion sides maybe have had a look at her already and said, yeah, we'd love to get her on board either at and Hawthorne or possibly interstate. I do say she'd be willing to move.
0: If highly doubt anyone listening from any of the expansion clubs, but if they are, yeah. Caitlin O'Keefe should be on your list. Without, yeah. without a doubt. She's a very good player. She knows how to get the ball. She knows how she knows how to move as well with the ball. Yep, just very smart. And to think it's you know she hasn't been playing um, VFL for all that long, yeah. the progression's been phenomenal. So definitely one that um, should should probably uh, yeah get it get herself on a VF, uh, AFLW list I reckon in the next twelve to eighteen months if if things go right. and, yep. and I hope they do because it's a great story as we, as we mentioned. Um, Caitlin was from Keelor. yep, and um, she she got an opportunity at Port Melbourne, and she's grabbed it with both hands. And that's what the VFLW is all yep. about: giving a player an opportunity from to come from nowhere and and play play at the second highest level in, in Australia.
1: Yeah, no. So hopefully somebody gives her an invite, but at the very least, um, Richmond's had her under under their nose, so they should um, pick up the phone and give her a call and say, "Hey, we start pre season." Um, we'd like to we'd like you to have a run. No, no promises, no guarantees, but we'd like you to have yeah. a run and take it from there. Exactly, and the senior coach, Sean
0: Buckle, very yeah. very promising coach. I I went out and listened to him speak at quarter time and three quarter time, and yeah. he he's a very encouraging coach. Yeah. he got around, and he and his speech was pretty um, phenomenal too. So. It was great to see the yeah. Port Melbourne, I guess, uh, get that win. And, and uh, as I said, that's my, that was my favourite moment of the weekend. But uh, we'll get stuck into the scores now, year, uh,
1: Yep, I'll let you start off with the first we'll, few of them.
0: We'll start off. We started off on Friday, Arvo, at Lakeside Oval, or Tramways Oval was called last year. Johnty, Brendan Johnty Rhodes has confirmed it's called Lakeside Oval. So yep. it, it's obviously last year. I don't know why they called it Tramways. But anyway, yep. Sydney Swans, 9-19-73, defeated uh, Richmond Ten nine sixty nine. It was a good win for the uh, the Sydney Swans, and a uh, bit of a sad note out of it. Massimo Diambrioso um, did his shoulder in the first few minutes. So I've been informed, and um, he was a bolter for the mid-season draft. I still think he's going to get picked up. I still think clubs will invest in him, and I think that uh, he will be one that will get picked up. Is it this Wednesday night the yes, mid-season draft? Yep,
1: yeah. Yep. I'm happy to see Will Collins is playing some good footy for the Swans. Um, Waratah boy as well. And how about Noah Cumberland? He yeah. Play, played in the VFL and then made his um, AFL debut a few hours later because they, they had a late withdrawal. So two games for the um, price, price of one. No, I won't forget his um, trip to Sydney, that's for sure. That was so. a
0: great story as well, yeah. It's within five hours, he, he, he actually didn't end up taking the field, but it's class of the debut. How stupid's
1: that? Yeah, I you your medical sub or yeah, so. Yeah, it's so silly. Yeah. Yeah, they, it, you know, I, I, hope, I hope that that changes and you have to spend at least – um, on on the ground, you have to get onto the ground. Yeah. So that
0: if it doesn't, I think that if they if they just say that the subs a sub, and if we can bring him on in the last quarter or in the second half, you know, because it's not yeah. fair. And I think Wanganine as well for Essendon was a, made his debut as a sub. Yeah, and I'll, yeah, it's just a bit yeah. rough, I reckon.
1: You, you remember you go? You imagine playing your hundredth game as a sub or your last game as a sub. Yeah, the, the, so you need to bring him on.
0: Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Second game we had the Southport Sharks. 16-12, uh, 108 defeated Brisbane, 10-12, uh, 72. Uh, great winning, as we mentioned by the Sharks. They just keep on keeping on. Yep. And a few players from that that really impressed me. Um, from the stats wise, was uh, Dawson again.
1: He's yeah. just He's he's at it. He's got to be a chance as well to be drafted. I think to get another chance at AFL level, like we spoke to him early in the year. So hopefully Jacob does get a uh, opportunity.
0: He's a, he's only had one quiet game for the year, yeah. and that was against Port Melbourne last week, where he had 18 disposals. But besides yeah. that, he's been uh, they have quiet, is it? <laughs> no, no, no. Not, from his standards, it is. I mean, yeah. when when you're looking at 34s and 35s, yeah. but yeah. It, for, if it was yeah, it was a bit of a quiet game for yeah. his standards. So I hope he's another one that gets called out on Wednesday night. I think yeah. uh, a club like Gold Coast or even um, his old
1: club, you go back there. Yeah, yeah, uh, it'd Bill
0: be, be, be a perfect spot for him.
1: Yep. Yeah. Uh, down at Williamstown Oval, Williamstown 8 7 We're um, defeated by uh, Footscray nineteen seven 7 121. Willie win this game for about half a game and then just dropped off. It just shows you the list losses and how young that side is right now. But if you're a Willie supporter, stick with them. 2023 will hopefully be a lot friendlier for you. Um, the Gold Coast um, Suns 13 11 89. Defeated by the Box Hill Hawks, seventeen nine one eleven. It took a while for the Box Hill Hawks to actually shrug off the um, Gold Coast Suns, and for we spoke this before before the radio before we started on radio this evening. Why this game was not a Kern-raiser in Darwin is beyond me. They did not open the gates at Metricon. There was no one there. Um, surely they could have um, put an extra fifty or sixty people on a plane and got that as a Coonraiser at TIO Stadium.
0: And just on that, how good was the uh, Indigenous jumper of a box Hill? That was absolutely yeah, phenomenal. Fantastic, F- fantastic. phenomenal. Yeah, fantastic. Phenomenal. And I did not mention as well that um, Darabin Falcons were Indigenous jumper in the VFLW as well. So that was fantastic, fantastic yeah. note as well.
1: We'll have a chat to Stephanie Simpson about yeah. that as well. Um, the game we were talking about, SNM 12-14-86 defeated Coburg 13-7-85. Werribee had a comfortable win against Collingwood, you yeah. know, there was 16 13 109 to 8654 Geelong had a um, surprise win I reckon this one was over the giants 12 14 86 um, to 8 to 8856 the northern bullants again an honorable loss they've they've got a, a young side that need to learn not to fall asleep for, say 5 10 minutes of each quarter because that's what's costing them um, Thirteen six eighty four 13 684 to 13 15 93 to Carlton. So that's a nine-point win to the Blues. Uh, the Frankston Dolphins, 6-12-48. Um, lost to Casey Demons, 10-6-66. So bad kicking probably cost Frankston there. And Sandringham had a comfortable um, six-goal win over North Melbourne, 16 10 to 11-6-72 with Port Melbourne having to buy in the men's.
0: It was a fantastic round of AFL... Men's action, I thought there was a few, yeah, as you mentioned, I thought the uh, Geelong result was a bit of a surprise. Didn't, didn't expect that to go that way. And the other one that I guess... Was a bit of a surprise that three quarter time, was yeah. Northern Bullants are yeah. losing. They were up by 20, 26 or twenty five points. They were, and yeah. they ended up losing, which is uh, yeah, pretty disappointing for them. They won't be happy about that, but uh, yeah, they just got to try and bank some more wins. And and a, a note of that, we don't know exactly, but Will Hayes didn't play yesterday. Yeah, not sure if that's a um, you know, might be getting picked up in the mid season drafting or if he's actually injured or COVID. Not too sure, but
1: I hope I hope it's uh, ho- I hope somebody's rang up and said Will, we're picking you up. I hope so too. I hope that's I hope that's what that comes down to because
0: because we've seen in the past, remember yeah. Sam Lassen? We, we we thought yeah. Sam Lassen was gonna be a lock in the yeah. mid set and then he got injured the, the like three or four yeah. days before. So yeah. I can't blame any player who's been told that they're, you know, probably ninety five percent gonna get picked up and said, you know, I'm just gonna for the sake of my peace yeah. of mind, I'm gonna have the week off. So Yeah, no, I think it's yeah. a good one and if that's uh, true, yeah, who knows you might we we didn't find out. But if it is true, um I can yeah. totally understand why.
1: And the Northern Bullants, that room upstairs, fantastic with the mem- old memorabilia. So do yourself a favour. Hopefully, in a few, maybe next year or even later this year, the Northern Bullants they'll open up the um, what's it called, the Sky Lounge, or the Sky
0: Lounge. Yeah, that's yeah, correct.
1: The, the Sky Lounge. They're doing a little bit of work on it right now, but there'll be a new facility to um, where they'll hold functions at um, Kramer Street.
0: And that that's a very exciting room. Yeah. That is that is oh, uh. Yeah. And just before we do get our Steph Simpson on the line after the break, uh, we do have to mention that uh, the season's blown wide open, Laoshi, Yep. In one one regard of one part of the our show, and that is the canine ladder. Yes. So we're going to do that in probably six or seven weeks' time once we get a get our correspondent. We've actually got a correspondent, uh, Laoshi. I've just been informed that uh, we've got someone who's going to going to be probably doing four games for us, and. Yeah. Uh, He's going to be probably doing Casey for us yep. and um, some of the Queensland teams. And his name is um, Michael Robinson. He's put his hand up and he yeah. said, I'm happy to let these guys know what what, what the go is. So uh, we'll we need
1: do? photos of the menu, photos <laughs> of the pay price. So, no, it's good to see Robbo on board. We don't want to have him indulging every every piece of food up there. So, just, that, that, that wouldn't be healthy. But just give us an idea.
0: Rough, rough idea, yeah. That's all we want. We, don't, we yeah. don't want him to you know, taste everything. But, yeah, just... Yeah. Just gives us a rough idea—is it good or bad? And yep. um, I think I think that's a good thing, yeah, because we're about six weeks away from that, and we've got yep. to. Not sure where the trophy's going to go this year. It's well, anyway. Northern's
1: under siege. I know Wag told us why a few things weren't on offer yesterday, but. I've told him not to get complacent.
0: Yeah, they, they they they've got to probably lift their game a bit, to be yeah, honest. Um yeah. So it, it, it could be anyone. Not, yeah. not, not even, I couldn't even tell you who's going to win right now until we get the pen and paper out, like voting time. So yeah, we're going to go to a break now. We're going to be back after the break with uh, Darabin Falcons player Steph Simpson, who played uh, the the last game of the of the round. Um. So looking forward to a bit of a review. Yep. Of what what's gone on at Darabin Falcons this year. You're listening yep. to VFL Rewind here on ninety four point one FM three WBC.
2: 3WBC Football is brought to you with the support of our sponsors. Budget, car and truck rental. Tobin Brothers Funerals. Birdies Mini Golf and Sports Bar. l Antiques and Collectibles. Aliyah Framing. Piranha
0: Foods. m r David's Constructions.
2: Dragon City Tattoos. Buffalo Sports. And the Blackburn Hotel. Thank you for your ongoing support of 94.1 FM 3WBC and 3WBC Football. This game's had it all today, folks, at the MCG, the home of football. This is Maker. Oh, deep on the left half, forward flank, punt road, chips and chips it onto App. Oh, App comes to Memory, turns on his left, and bang! That's it! That's it! Memory has kicked his 100th goal of the season!
1: Thanks, Rex. Plan your celebration with the Turban Brothers Funerals Memory Maker app. Find out more at turbanbrothers.com.au. Turban Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives.
2: Tobin Brothers Funerals are a 3WBC sponsor.
0: And welcome back to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM 3WBC. We're at the point of our first special guest of the evening and really enjoyed to get some insight of what's going on at Darwin Falcons. I think uh, if you look back on the season now, I know they'll probably be disappointed they missed the finals, but... Um, it was a very successful year yeah, on, on previous of last year. Um, yeah,
1: last couple of years, yeah, last,
0: definitely. La- yeah, definitely last few years. And, uh, yeah, we're lucky enough to join b- by player on the line now, Stephanie Simpson. Steph, thank you very much for taking our call and welcome to VFR Rewind. Thanks for
3: having
1: me. G'day, Stephanie, she speaking. Um, congratulations on a reasonably good season this year, five wins. You just missed out on the finals um, by a couple of games. Uh, what you put down to the turnaround from previous the previous couple of seasons? Because um, at one stage, you were just flying at the start of the year.
3: Yeah, look, I think we had a really strong pre-season, um, and our key focus was just basically development of the squad and fundamentals. So we kind of went back to basics, um, tried to work on our fitness, and... Yeah, it really showed that we could compete early in the season and then I think after that comeback win in round one, it just gave the group a bit of belief and, um, yeah, it got us on a bit of a roll.
1: And some of the some of the younger guys, some of the recruits you brought in this year, are there any particular ones that may um, be lucky enough to have their name called out at the AFLW draft in um, the coming, coming weeks, I think it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's
3: coming up soon. Um, look, Hopefully, we've got a couple of young guns or three young guns who came through our junior program, Tanner Hurst, Mia House and Lulu Beattie, and they came in after they finished their um, role at the Northern Knights. They came in and played five games each, and I think they're definitely worth a look at. They all um, yeah, played their role when they came into the squad, and yeah, they were great to have on, on the team
0: at the game on Saturday, Saturday evening or Saturday night, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it was fantastic to see the club wore an Indigenous jumper. Can you tell us a little bit about the background of that story and um, how it happened? Because I think it looked really good and looked really strong. It had some nice nice designs to it as well.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. It's our first ever Indigenous jumper, and um, it was designed by our very own player, Caitlin Hazlitt and Pittsburgh um, Stars player, Rebecca Bell. Um, they met with a group of players and um, people from the club, and he's... Try to represent the club past, present and future and everything that it means to us. And I think they did a really good job. It looked amazing. And, um, yeah, super proud that we were able to do that. And, um, yeah, hopefully we can keep providing inclusion and a safe space for people.
0: It looked fantastic. And just on that, uh, being one of the, the few standalone clubs in the VFLW, it must be uh, pretty proud that you can do things like that. And just on that, uh, how is the, I guess the club going as a standalone is, um, is it something that I think the club's probably proud of, of being standalone or is it, you know, is it ever talked about an alignment or it's just happy to stand on its own two feet?
3: Yeah, no, we're definitely happy to stand on our own two feet. Um, obviously, it's been tough and it'll continue to be a fight for us to stay in the competition, but um, we're super proud to have a female-only club that, yeah, doesn't really have that much support from anyone else. We're, yeah, backed by our great sponsors and the council and... Um, yeah, we're, we're going strong, I think. And I think, yeah, as long as we can keep the club in the league, I think, yeah, we'll compete and
1: continue to be a force. you You'll have a bit of competition probably in 2024 when the next-door neighbour, Coburg, probably rolls out there, VFL w side. Are you ready to sort of have um, Coburg try to raid your stocks considering you've got such a powerful junior club as well?
3: Yeah, look, I, yeah, I have um, heard a bit about their program. They've, yeah, um, providing, uh, yeah, good program to the players there. Um, I guess we just have to keep on improving our own program and hope that players want to play for our jumper. And, um, yeah, I guess that's all we can do.
0: Uh, just, a question, I guess now the VFLW season's over for some clubs, are. Uh... Is there an opportunity for some of the players to go back and play local, or is it because is that is that a prospect, or to that just most of the players just going to I guess um, just just yeah just have the season off, not the season off, but I guess um, it's a, it's a weird situation where all the local footy leagues yeah. are still going and um, the VFL's finished. It's yeah a f- bit of a weird feeling.
3: Yeah, yeah. So it depends on how many games you've played throughout the season. So I've definitely played too many to be yeah. able to play anywhere else. Um, but it's, I can't remember if it's seven or eight. Um, games, but if you've played under that, you're able to go back and play. Um, but if not, then you're just going to wait for next
1: season. Yeah, for one of the veterans uh, of the side, Steph, I did know, I did look at your games and I've gone, geez, you only missed two games this year because I think you played 12, didn't you? Yeah,
3: yeah yep. Um, yeah. I missed two because of COVID. So, <laughs> oh. um, yeah, which, what can you do? Everyone was in the same boat, but I was just lucky enough to not
1: get that fixed. So. so you've been there for a while. How many games are you up to now? roughly Ooh,
3: so i would be probably 160
0: something maybe wow <laughs> yeah yeah so so you're only uh if you're only 160 odd, you're only 15 games away from vfl life membership so yeah hopefully, oh, uh, wow. hopefully that'll be a pretty special honor if you can get to that uh yeah not not that far off. maybe next year if, um plus one final <laughs> yeah plus one final yeah, so yeah. very yeah. exciting milestone to come yeah. uh yeah. uh just, just talking, I guess, about Saturday night and um at, at Northport Oval, I, I did want to mention um, I, I personally, I haven't got to a lot of Darwin Falcons games in the past, but I was blown away at how much support Darwin Falcons had. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about some of your supporters? Because it, at um Northport, there was I reckon there was at least probably a hundred, hundred and fifty, maybe two hundred Darwin Falcons players and supporters who all got around the club and they were quite vocal. So yeah. it was very good to see. Yeah,
3: yep. yeah, I think um. You know, our supporters are very much a big part of our club. Um, we had our Masters team finish up their game on the weekend and drive on over and um, to support us. So I think once you're a Falcon, you're always a Falcon. And, um, yeah, uh, I think they're all very passionate and they all feel like they belong and they really do. So, yeah, it was great to see on the weekend.
1: How, how, how did you see Kate Tyndall's um, first season as senior coach?
3: Yeah, look, oh, I've really enjoyed having Kendall as senior coach. Um, obviously, she was the previous captain before me, and she understands what it takes to play at this level, and then as she's played at ASLW level, um, yeah, she's just got a good rapport with all the players. Um, the rest of the coaching staff and support staff all got around the group as well, and yeah, I think, yeah, she she did really well for her first year.
0: Uh, final question from me. Uh, the Darwin Falcons is they're only, I was looking at it on Google Maps, they're in a very unique situ- uh, position. They're only like four K's away from Coburg and probably, you know, two or three Ks away from Preston City Oval uh, how's the move been, I guess, um not being able to play the ground that you used to probably be able to play in the, the VFLW uh the V what was it, V Victorian Women's yeah, Football League. W V W F L apologise yeah. about that. Uh how's it been, I guess, moving to, to Preston City Oval for some of the games and um
1: Latrobe and Bill and Oval. and
0: Bill Laurie is oval as well. Um how's how's that all that been?
3: Yeah, look, um, AH Cap is always gonna be our home and where our heart is. But um yeah, I think we adapted well. We had all the pre season at La Trobe and had our first few games there and um it just shows how much the group has developed, um, being able to move around and play at different grounds. So, um, obviously love AH Cap but um yeah, I think we've done well training at La Trobe and yeah. I think it, yeah,
1: it was good for us. Oh, last question from me, Steph. What are the plans yeah. now, Mo, for next year? And what are you, what are you doing? Just a well-deserved rest now.
3: Yeah, look, my body definitely needs a rest. <laughs> I'm struggling to walk um, today, but um, look, it's hard to say because I don't know when the season's going to start again. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll give myself some time, but I'll, I'll probably get in the gym pretty much straight away, and then, <laughs> um, yeah, hopefully just get a date for pre-season, and then. And look forward to that, but for now, I think I just, yeah, give the body, a bit, of, a bit of
1: time off. Got a very good idea for you. Caitlin Hazlitt will probably uh, agree with me. You should try yeah. and get a couple of games up in the Northern Territory over summer, <laughs> so you can skip that boring pre-season where you're running laps and bouncing, <laughs> bouncing the footy. Like I, I had a friend that went up there, and he said he's never doing a pre-season again. He's just going to head straight to Darwin. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad idea. I'll
3: definitely have a think about that.
0: Uh, well, Stephanie, we really appreciate you joining us tonight. As, as you mentioned, uh, yeah, on 160-odd games, so mm. not far off that magical 175, which gets you the, the, whole, uh, the whole lot, the, I guess, what would you call it? You get the life membership, so you get a free, yeah, I don't know what comes with it, but it sounds pretty classy, so <laughs> fingers crossed that, yeah, you can keep going on and um, get to that milestone. It'd be fantastic. And, yeah, well done on the season as well. Thank you. Thanks for
3: having me.
1: Thanks, Stephanie.
0: Thanks, Stephanie. Ste- Steph Simpson there yeah. from the Darabin Falcons. I think yeah. they really turned the corner. Uh, not, not that they were ever a struggling side, but the last few years has been tough for them. They were yeah. powerhouse in the in the in the women's league before they joined the VFL, oh, and yeah. it's great to see that they're they're playing some good footy. Mate,
1: every time I've dropped into Darwin Falcons game or pre preseason when I was sponsoring a player there, um, she's always been friendly. Stephanie said hi and all that, and. Um, Previous year, she wanted to join us on a, a, doing an interview, and I finally got her at the right time this year. So I was a bit worried,
0: uh, I wasn't sure if they ha- might have had Mad Monday today, so I wasn't sure. But,
1: but... oh, jeez, they would have gone down well if they like ringing directly into a pub. <laughs> no, I wasn't sure.
0: I think we, I think a few years ago, we did call a player on Mad Monday, and yeah. um, we, all, we were like, we oh, but Steph was good as gold, and she was fantastic. So great insight by Steph, and um, yeah. we can't thank her enough for yeah, giving us a bit of an insight at Durban yeah. Falcons.
1: No, it's great. Um, we're always happy to, um, Help out those um, standalone clubs like Darabin um, in the VFLW and Williamstown as well, so Port Melbourne as well.
0: Yeah, all, all the, the standalones. I mean, they're, 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 you go back in time, and there was a lot of standalones in the VFLW. You had the Sharks, you had Eastern Devils, Cranbourne. you had Cranbourne. You know they're all standalones, yeah. weren't they? I mean, for for the beginning, and then they joined the, the AFL clubs, and they yeah, licenses
1: it. got swallowed up, and Darwin's the only one that's left yeah. standing. So well done to them.
0: There's there's a lot of them, even Western Storm. Were, like there are a lot of good clubs, but they yeah. you know, probably go back to 2016, but now it's, yeah. I guess they've all intertwined with the AFL, and um, it's that, and that's the positive about Darwin Falcons yeah. is they've they've said nah, we're we we're, we're we're standing on our own two feet, and I love it, I love it.
1: So, yeah, and hopefully hopefully the competition from Kovac and maybe in future years from the Northern Bull Ants, that's going to – hopefully they can withstand that as well.
0: Yeah, I think that's the thing. It's As we mentioned, um, they're very close. If you <laughs> yeah, Google Maps, you've got the Merry Creek and then you've got – Coburg City Oval are just yeah. up the road. So yeah. geographically, they're probably the two closest clubs in the whole competition, but yeah. one's in and one's in Moulin. So I guess the partnership makes it difficult if, it, if they ever thought about it, which is probably never going to happen, but... Um, it is going to be a good rivalry. If uh, if they do play against each other, it would be, yeah. be the closest closest rivalry in the whole competition. So. Well, the
1: Battle of Darabin if the Northern Bull Ants get what it, aside.
0: What do we call it? We can't call it the Battle of Bell Street because that's already there, but yeah. it's just up Bell Street where they are. So yeah. maybe the Battle of Merry Creek, we'll, we'll call it that.
1: Yeah, or well, the Darabin <laughs> Derby in the city of Darabin yeah that's a good one that's a good one uh,
0: we're going to go to a break now we're going to be back after the break with uh, our second special guest of the evening Ethan Phillips from the Portmountain Football Club who has been very good the last few weeks and looking forward to having a chat to Ethan you're listening to VFL Rewind You're on 94.1 FM 3WBC 3WBC Football is brought to you with the support of our sponsors
2: Budget Car and Truck Rental, Tobin Brothers Funerals, Birdies Mini Golf and Sports Bar, LP Antiques and Collectibles, Aliyah Framing, Piranha Foods,
0: M&R Davids
2: Constructions, Dragon City Tattoos, Buffalo Sports, and the Blackburn Hotel. Thank you for your ongoing support of 94.1 FM 3WBC and 3WBC Football.
1: MR Davis Constructions have been building quality new homes for over 35 years. Let Mick and Robin project manage and build your new home or renovation. Their experience and guidance, along with attention to detail and integrity, shows why M&R Davis Constructions have been at the top of their game for nearly four decades. M&R Davis Constructions also build decks, pergolas, and gazebos and are members of the Master Builders Association of Victoria. So give Mick a call on 0418. Five five eight six nine five. That's oh four one eight five five eight six nine five. Mr. Davis Constructions are proud eleven-year broadcast sponsors of ninety-four point one FM Three WBC Football.
0: And welcome back to VFL Rewind here on ninety-four point one FM Three WBC. We're at the point of our second special guest of the evening, and. This man has had an absolute phenomenal 2022. Marks Glore, probably the best way to describe him, Marks. He just loves Marks. I think he's had 50 Marks in the past f- four weeks and absolutely in red-hot form. And he joins us on the line now, Ethan Phillips. Ethan, welcome to VFL Rewind and uh, thanks for joining us.
1: No worries. Thanks for having me, boys. G'day, Ethan Lauschey speaking. Um, have you seen your season, the team's season, and the change of coach um, in 2022? the difference between Easy and Scrobber?
4: Yeah, no, there's definitely um, a difference between the two coaches, that's for sure. It was uh, probably started day one of pre-season when we rocked up and straight away Scott pulled out the computer and started on the game plan a bit of vision and not used to it with Aizzi, you normally know, just getting us in for a bit, a, a bit of a chat about his glory days. But uh, no, it's been, been a good um, change-up for the club and been a lot more professional, I think, and taking us to the next level. And in terms of the team sort of form, how we're going, I think... We are playing better footy than what our records suggests, and I think we can definitely uh, tidy that up and uh, get ourselves up the ladder at the end of the year.
1: From watching a few of your games, do you reckon it's just sort of um, five or ten minutes here and there in some of the quarters that are costing you dearly?
4: Yeah, that's um, exactly what we talk about teams do almost every week. You know, we almost a quarter on, a quarter off. We play the footy how we want to play, and then the next quarter we just go back into our shells and... We're not playing the footy that we want to play, and when we play the footy we want to play, it shows that it holds up against the best.
0: Uh, if want to ask you about your own game, uh, as I mentioned off the top, uh, you are taken a lot of marks this year, and it's been great to see. Uh, has the game plan for the way you play?
4: Yeah, I definitely think so. I think we've uh, put a real emphasis on defence. You know, that's just starting up with the forwards is getting them, putting pressure on, and then the, uh, the mids putting their pressure on, and then that allows for that dump kick, and I've been able to... Been able to read them a bit better than my opponent
0: at times, and take a few intercepts. I wanted to ask you as well. Uh, I went through the mid-season draft nominees, and you weren't there. I was, I was a bit blown away. Is is there any reason you didn't nominate, or you just you just weren't? Yeah, how, how did all that go about? Um, well, no, I just I
4: just haven't had much interest, mate. So um, no, no one uh, told me to nominate or anything like that. So. Just uh yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've been a bit happy in my uh, season. I would have liked a bit more interest for the mid-season, but I guess i just got to sort of take that on board and um, try go to another level to sort of uh, press my case to eventually try play AFL one day.
1: Who are some of the new guys that have really impressed you this year that have come on board um, the Port Bandwagon?
4: Um, I definitely think a youngster who has uh, nominated for the mid-season a bit of a chance in Will Reinhold, being... Um, Playing some good footy at the start of the year. He's, um, I think he's had a bit of a shoulder in the last few rounds, but hopefully he can get that right and he can get back to the form he was at the start of the year. And I think um, yeah, just a few young blokes like Burkey down back and then up forward, swung around a little bit. So it's um, definitely exciting future at Port, I reckon.
0: Yeah, Reynolds is a very good player, no doubt. I wanted to just talk a little bit about young Archie Manton, uh, other end of the ground, another big key. oh am not, he's he's not huge, but um. He's, he's, he's very, been very impressive this year, I thought, in the games he's played. It uh, must be exciting to have young Archie at the club.
4: Yeah, no, 100%. Um, he's, he's probably not your uh, foot topical 6'5", uh, key forward, but he's, he's definitely a big unit. And he throws a few weights around, big Arch. But, um, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, an, he's another one who's been, um, he's been training well and he's, he's quite hard to play on at training. And I think um, I've seen a couple of times he's kicked a couple of bags of four, so he's uh, got a big future ahead of him as well.
1: What did you guys get up to with the week off um, training-wise last week and on the weekend? Did the club do anything or did the boys get together?
4: Yeah, so we got um, Monday and Tuesday off and then we came into the club on Thursday and then a good group of us came down to port and uh, did a little bit of a running session and yeah, I think a few of the boys just uh, had a good little freshen up and I think a few boys were just saying it was more good for a bit of a mental fresh up just to get away from the weekend and, Go down and uh, whether it be down at their beach house
1: or up back home to the country. I'm Just looking at the ladder, even though you've only got the two wins, it's, uh, it's incredible to think that you're only you know, two or three games out of the eight. So you, obviously now you're sort of reloading for the second half. And um, you, are you guys looking at? Is it the old cliche one week at a time, or are you looking at the bigger picture and going, "Geez, we're still a sniff here."
4: Yeah, I definitely say we're looking at it at one week at a time, and you definitely got to look at it one week at a time. This week, you know, massive game with the uh, the heritage game against Williamstown. I think there's no uh, love lost between the two clubs, and we're about to go into a dinner with the past players, putting on a bit of a uh, bit of a show for us. Just you know, reiterating the, how important this game really is. So we definitely can't look past this week, and we're excited for it.
0: Yeah, the biggest rivals are in in probably the VFA or the VFL now, as it's known. Uh, Harvey Hooper, he was a backman, I guess, um, in previous years, but I've seen he's probably moved up a little bit to the ground a bit. Uh, how, how have you seen his game this year? Because he's been pretty impressive.
4: Yeah, I was absolutely filthy when we lost him from the back. I <laughs> not going to lie. I've been trying to get him uh, sneaking sneak down back. But uh, he's even been playing up forward a little bit as well and he's been kicking a few goals, so... I think Hoops would definitely be uh, probably leading up
0: BNF at this stage. He's uh, been on fire. Oh, I reckon, I reckon you, you and Hoops and Eli might be uh, the Flemington straight, probably 200 metres ahead of the pack, I reckon. I think you're on the money. Maybe with, with Hoops with his
1: nose in front. <laughs>
4: yeah, no, uh, is always up there, so he'll, uh, he'll be putting on a stroke, I reckon, to uh, get himself home in the last few rounds.
1: Such big changes at Port Melbourne um, over the summer. Uh, who are some of your um, assistant coaches there now? Like, uh, it, it was a real rebuild of the coaching department, wasn't it? Once Gary moved on.
4: Yeah, so we've um, really only sort of got Greg Ryan around, who's uh, there from last year, and then has um, brought a lot of boys. Uh, I think from down Geelong Way, so. We've got a uh, few new coaches, and obviously I'm loving uh, what they're bringing with uh, Rico O'Toole and uh, Peter Harrington down in the back line. They've um, brought a new side to the game, which I haven't looked at, and uh, they're even better blokes, which suits into the culture that we want at Port Melbourne.
1: And Heath Scotland, he's been there for a couple of weeks. How's he um, contributed?
4: Yeah, no, Scotto, uh, he had the iPad out showing a bit of uh, footage uh, tonight, so... Yeah, like you said, it's just another bloke who brings a different view on the game and um, like um a lot of blokes have been getting to him before training because it's obviously 250 AFL games. You know, he's got a few tricks that everyone can um, use to tidy up their game. So I think it's definitely exciting to have him down and uh, we're looking forward to what he can bring in the back half for us.
0: Yeah no, doubt. Heath Scotland, big addition to the Port Melbourne Football Club. Uh, Ethan, we pr- really appreciate you joining us tonight. Looking forward to yeah. Um, hopefully uh, the the past players, boys, probably Gary Bryce and Graham Clark are in there. Probably got a big story for you. So uh, Tony Abaya. Uh, Tony yeah Tony Abaya. Hopefully down there. Uh, good luck in the little past players, little story tonight. The rivalry with Willie and uh, yeah. Good luck for the big game on the weekend against uh, the biggest biggest arch rival in the VFL against Williamstown. All
1: right, thanks for having me, boys. Thanks, Ethan.
0: Thanks, Ethan. Ethan Phillips, great great guy. Thanks, uh, I think he's pretty pretty humble, to be honest. I reckon he he might be up there in the BNF with uh, Harvey Hooper as well.
1: I'm actually surprised, even though he hasn't supposed to be hasn't hasn't had any interest. Why he just didn't think back? I'm going to fill this form out, and who knows, somebody might actually see it and then give me a call. Oh, that's the thing.
0: I'm probably biased, but seeing a lot of his games, I just think he's an absolute star. He reminds me of a Sam Collins when he was aware of you. Um, he just he just it's like it's like he doesn't have to. Um, Use so much energy he just knows where the ball is going to go so he just puts himself there bang and he he takes everything he's very good very good with his marks so uh, yeah uh, hopefully he can continue his good form and at the end of the year hopefully press his case to get onto an AFL list because he thoroughly would deserve it I think
1: oh fingers crossed fingers crossed that he gets an invite somewhere or even the call and says hey mate put your name in the um, draft we're going to grab you
0: yeah, I think that's the thing. And it was interesting what he said about, uh, I guess, the the team changing, I guess, from being a bit more hands-on to a lot more analysing, I guess, the with the iPad and, um, you know, technology and that, which I think um, yeah. is really exciting because, as we know, that's the way the game's changed, I guess, in the past probably 10 years in terms of... It being about, um, I guess, strategies and zones and all them type of things that we know nothing about, but you know, we 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 are uh, we try to know. But yeah,
1: um, yeah it's it's good. And, and who would have thought Gary, Gary Ayers telling him about the glory days, mate? A little bit of me time is <laughs> he? <laughs> uh, Gary
0: Ayers is an absolute legend that yeah. what, a, what an absolute gentleman! And it's good to see him doing well at Montrose as well. Yeah, and it's good to see him still coaching.
1: They've they've actually snuck into the top five this week in the um, Division One in the Eastern Footy League. So well done, he is. He um, there's a stiff competition, so he's not locked in. But um, that's,
0: is that Eastern Footy League Division One? So yeah. if he wins, he'll go and
1: play like Noble he'll Park. Yeah, play, like... play against Rodney Eden, Rob <laughs> Ars, and all those guys. Yep, yeah, so that's that's what he's hoping for. I don't know. Um, he was in the local footy show a couple of weeks ago, and he goes maybe one year, two years, or three years. But it, it seems like he it seems like he wants to stay at Montrose for a few years.
0: It looks like a pretty good club. They I yeah. uh, watched that as well, and looked in their rooms and they had all these lockers, and they had all. <laughs> it was pretty impressive for a local club. Um, oh yeah, so it must be a pretty strong club up there in the in the Dandenongs. I think it is just, just on the footy. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. in the footy of the Dandenongs. So, yeah, uh, great to chat to Ethan. Uh, yeah, great, great player. And yep. as you mentioned, Harvey Hooper has been lost from uh, the back line. so he's got, moved up into the middle midfield a bit, and. Uh, yeah. He's a forward as well, so.
1: That's good. Like, He's another one that surprised me that a AFL club hasn't taken a punt on and at least given, offered him a rookie spot. Yeah, I agree. I agree. He's Is he's one, He's very
0: good by foot. Very yeah. smart as well. Yeah. He, knows, he knows where to position himself. And
1: like he's 23, 24, it's, Um, you know, some players take a little bit longer to mature. And I reckon Harvey's a premiership player as well at Port. So correct. And let's let's hope that somebody springs a surprise and um, grabs him.
0: We've got a few minutes until uh, we get Athol uh, Hodges on. So let's talk mid-season draft last uh, no. We we did do a bit of a um, analysis probably about two weeks ago of some of the players yep. and what. Uh, my one was I had Ethan Phillips at the top so I've I've got no idea sometimes I don't know what these recruiters are looking at but um He's obviously um, unfortunately not going to be one. Um, yep. But um, who are the, some of the others that you reckon are, are sniffing on Wednesday night? last Okay,
1: there will be a little bit of recycling, I reckon, this year. Um, really, you're yeah.
0: you're normally the you're normally against the third. Oh, your third time so lucky. Yeah, not second. yeah, Well,
1: Crocker won't get another chance, yeah, and third, I yeah. don't think Cavara will either. And that's um, nothing against those boys; they're pr- pr- probably fantastic blokes. But it's just when you look at the trend, I think Will Fordham's done enough to. Um, get another opportunity. Uh, uh, Will Hayes is the other one. Will uh,
0: Hayes, 100%. You haven't mentioned the for, one yet?
1: Uh, Fergus Green. There you go, uh, waiting Fer- for Fergus Green would be another one that I would look at because I think sometimes you've got to spend a couple of years, after your first chance, sometimes you've got to spend a couple of years out of the system to come back in like... The great story. Remember Josh Marnie? Oh, yeah. What a story <laughs> that was. Four years out of the system and he becomes a premiership player at Port Adelaide in um, 2000. Uh, when was the year that they won it? 2004? Yeah, 2004. Yeah. And he was, um, he was at Williamstown. Yeah, he was at Collingwood years. list. He was yeah. everywhere, wasn't he, was, he? He was back at Willie for four years and he gets picked up and then now he's one of the... Um, good administrators at the Melbourne Football Club. So um, I don't think we'll ever see a Josh Marnie again. But, um, uh, yeah, I think players like... um, Kavara? Cavara and Crocker may... Have done their dash. I know you will say Kavara was injured most of the time, but he also—I don't know how many games he played at Footscray. We'd need to have a look at that as well in his year. Been under five. So in the VFL, in the VFL, in the VFL. VFL, VFL, VFL. So, and he's a—he's a small type of guy. He's a small, um, but he's doing himself no harm. You know the way he's playing right now for the Hawks. So yeah, he's doing himself no harm. He might be a rookie um, at the end of the year, but. I probably reckon he need another year out of the system. It, it is
0: interesting and, though, um, looking at the, the the list of clubs that nominated. Like for example, Carlton nominated about fifteen people for the mid-season draft yeah. off their VFL list, um, yeah. which I, you know, I was a bit, I guess, surprised about. They obviously just nominated everyone, oh. and then clubs like uh, like Essendon only nominated two. Or it's up to the individual. It's up to the individual. Yeah. But it's just just interesting how one club nominate. So many people nominated. It's like they all just said we may as well just throw a hat in the well, ring. And...
1: You know who else I'd like to see getting drafted? Yusuf Dib from yeah. North Melbourne. Like, I'd love to see Yusuf get get drafted. I, I can see him sort of running around at North Melbourne or Essendon, some, something like that. And then, you know, there's probably a few of the interstaters like we um, don't know that much about. Daw- like, Dawson yeah. is
0: one that I think would be pushing... Uh, Ah, uh, Boyd Woodcock. He'd yep. be a bit of a smoky, I reckon. Um, he's yep. he, he's had a pretty good season. Uh Zach Foote as well. Yep. Um, from up, from up at um GWS and players like Kyle um De from yep. from Werribee. He's He's been uh, pretty pretty exciting.
1: I'd love to see Dom Brew in the draft and get drafted because can you imagine his first interview? Have you heard heard the way yeah. Dom is your typical locker?
0: He's a he's a, he's a ripper, Dom <laughs> Dom Brew. Um, mm. and one I think that will get picked up is Callum Dawson from Williamstown. We've gone under the radar a bit. Um, and another one, the key defender wise as well. I think they'll get picked up is James Blank from um, uh, Box Hill. I yeah. think I think he's he's going to get picked up. The the. Yeah. the I guess when we look at the mid-season draft, the, the ones that are, are the key defenders, don't really we don't talk about because they no. don't stand out, but sometimes they're the ones that get picked up. So I think he's definitely probably one of the ones that will, uh, will be looked at. And uh, I guess from the box here list as well, uh, potentially uh, someone like, yeah, Ben Kavara, I reckon's, I reckon's an outside chance, maybe a 10-to-1 chance maybe, I don't <sighs> know, a bit of a roughy reckon chance. It's one
1: in my book. <laughs> um uh. There's,
0: there's, there's a few in there. Even, you know, you can even throw about Sam Larson. You know, if the club is looking for, for a quick midfielder, small forward, he um, could be one that they look at.
1: We've forgotten one from the Northern Bullhands. Mutaz. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, Mutaz would have to have to be up there. Um, if, and if he doesn't get picked up, he'll get picked up as a rookie later on, later on in the year. So yeah. I think... Um, it could be a good night for VFL. It could, it could, it be, could a good, be a very good night for the VFL.
0: It's only going to be, I think, it'll be between probably 10 and 20 picks all yeah. one say Because they've got until tomorrow to announce it. Because yeah. it's someone who's gone on the long-term injury list or um, can be something they can replace them with somebody. So yep. two more names I will throw at, though, out there is Sam Fowler. I think yep. he's a bit of a chance. And Liam Reedy, if a club's looking to Ruckman. Because uh, Hawthorne are probably going to pick a Ruck, I'd say, with their spot because they're, they're pretty
1: depleted at the moment. Bring back Keegan Brooksby, man.
0: hey, that's not <laughs> a, that's not a bad bad point. Why didn't they look at someone like Keegan as a, a bit of a, I guess a position to just rock out the end of the year until all the players are back injured? It's, not, it's actually a good point, well, like, a, actually.
1: Well, the happy couple could have been back together again, um, Abby and Keegan.
0: Yeah, both both, both at Hawthorne, Yeah,
1: both were number thirty one. So why not? Let's let's think out of the outside the square, and we, can, we might as well throw in Ben Kavara then. If you're going to go grab Keegan. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's a good point. Now, we're going to go to a break now. We're going to be back after the break, though. Really looking forward to um, having a chat to this man. He's been around the VFL for a very long time. Well, the VFA started out at Coburg Football Club as a player back in, I think, 19...
1: North Melbourne, actually. Yeah,
0: North Melbourne, um, early 70s, and then went on to Coburg and played a few games. And then uh, won a best and fairest as well uh, at the Coburg Football Club. Going to chat to him after the break uh, in Athel Hodges. You're listening to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC.
2: 3WBC Football is brought to you with the support of our sponsors. Budget car and truck rental. Tobin Brothers Funerals. Birdie's mini golf and sports bar. LMP Antiques and Collectibles. Aliyah Framing. Piranha Foods. M&R David's Constructions. Dragon City Tattoos. Buffalo Sports. And the Blackburn Hotel. Thank you for your ongoing support of 94.1 FM 3WBC and 3WBC Football. 3WBC Football is brought to you with the support of our sponsors. Budget, car and truck rental. Tobin Brothers Funerals. Birdies Mini Golf and Sports Bar. l Antiques and Collectibles.
0: And welcome back to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM 3WBC. We're at the point of our VFA legend segment, and we've got an absolute gem tonight. Uh, someone who's done it all, player, president president of the league or um, CEO of the league. We'll have to uh, ask for clarification exactly what that role was back then, but uh, we're lucky enough to be joined on the line now by Athol Hodgetts. Athol, thank you very much for joining us on VFL Rewind, and, uh, yeah, welcome to the show. Thanks
5: very much,
1: Brett. It's a pleasure. G'day, Athol. she speaking. Tell us, tell us there, the... Mate. Tell us the trip um, from Cooey to North Melbourne, mate. Uh, how, did that, how did that happen in um, the not early 1970s? Well, actually, I
5: was at a funeral on uh, last week of the great North Melbourne man, Jock O'Brien, and the guy that actually uh, spoke to me first from North Melbourne, a guy called Bill Liddy, um, was the first person to speak to me from North, and then from then it went to uh, Ron Joseph's um, I signed form four the night before the Tasmania game against Western Australia in Hobart, and then came the North the next year.
1: You're not you're at North only in a couple of years, and then you returned home to Kui. Um those two years at North, just injury-riddled or just couldn't crack into the side? Well, because you, you played nine games then for 15 goals, so it's good strike rate, the goals from nine games, but was it injury or just a powerful side there at North Melbourne at the time?
4: No,
5: we weren't a powerful side, but, um, look, I, um, I, I played the first four games of 1971. I kicked 13 goals in four games, um, and then I had... Bad game against Collingwood, got dropped, and then kicked twenty-one goals in the reserve oh. in three games.
1: <laughs> come back
5: into the seniors and played me on the half-forward flank. Look, I I didn't have a great relationship with the coach, and that's my fault um, more so than his uh, in Brian Dixon. But uh, the last game I played at North was in the seniors, and um, we had a disagreement. And I left, I, I went home to Tassie the next Friday. And I stood out of footy for the rest of 1972. So um, it's something that I regret uh, every time I think about it, leaving North at the time, because next year, of course, Mombarassi arrived. And I'm not saying I would have played in the first Premiership side, but I would have been at least a chance if I had still been at North. But, you know, I went back to Fazzie, played in the Premiership side with Curie in '73, um, and uh, then came back to Melbourne. My wife was from Melbourne. We came back and that's when I started at Coburg in
1: 75.
0: Arrived at the Burgers in, in 1975, uh, just on the cusp of greatness in, from the 1979 uh, premiership team, but I uh, wanted to talk a little bit about some of the characters I guess that when you arrived, because we look back at that era of Coburg, and we think of Cole Kinnear, we think of Phil Cleary, uh, I think Robert, was it Robert Smith who was a big full forward in that, I think he arrived yeah, in the... he uh, was, um,
5: I'm not sure Smithy was there in 75, but He he came later on. Smithy and I actually boarded together when we were at North. Um, Oh yeah. So we'd had a fairly close relationship for a long time. Um, But when I went to Coburg, the reason I went to Coburg was that John Dugdale was coaching Coburg, former North Melbourne champion, and um, uh, you know that's basically the sole reason. I've been approached by Port and Williamstown, um, but I went to Coburg because of John Dugdale, and then. Um, you know, I, we had a pretty good side. We got beaten in the semi-final, I think, by about four points by Danny Nong. Um, so uh, there were some good players. I mean, there was Doc Mannix, who uh, played at Putsgrave, played in the centre. He's a very, very good player. Um, and you know, then Cleary arrived. I think, I think Phil came in '75 as well. Um, but we had, you know, a lot of. Uh, Phil and I were talking about it the other day, we had a lot of ex-VFL players playing in the VFA in general, and I think that in 75 we probably had seven or eight ex-VFL players playing with Coburg.
1: I noticed doing some research that your playing career finished relatively early and you got into football administration and marketing in and, and sort of late 20s, and you were the first full-time president of any VFA club, so obviously things were going really, really well at Coburg at that stage.
5: Yeah, look, I finished at um, 27. I had a, My wife and I had a licensed grocery in North Melbourne, which we went into in 75, and we'd had a business in Tasmania, so my football career suffered somewhat because of my business involvement. Um, but... Um, I retired at the end of September in 78, and then I was approached by the club about six weeks later to whether I see I would be interested in becoming president. So I went and talked to a friend of mine, Ron Joseph of North Melbourne about it, and uh, he said, well, you're always going to get into football administration at some stage. Here's a chance to sort of start at the top. Um, So I was elected president in December of 1978, still 27 years of age we won the flag the next year which was the first first division flag Coburg had won since 1928 uh, coached by Cole Kinnear and then we were runners up the next year and we sold our licence grocery at the end of 79 and I suggested to the club that um, I might play some sort of role and um, helping the club raise some money and uh I was sort of full time president in 1980, I suppose, but that was the start of my sort of marketing career. The next year, I went to Essendon as marketing manager in 1981.
1: One of your marketing grades. I'm going to jump jump a couple of decades um, here. Was the um, blue M&M, um jumper with Carlton wore in? Um, what was it, 1997? That's, that's... How, how did you How did you get a deal like that, and how did you convince <laughs> the Carlton board? <laughs>
5: Well, actually, I was on holidays in Queensland. We used to have uh, our holidays at Christmas time. We had an apartment at Corumban and uh, I got a phone call uh, from John Elliott, who said, look, Mars have approached uh, the club about... um, Although they were quite a mature family business, their public relations company, but approached them about doing something different, and John rang me and said, look... Mars want to do something different. We are talking about maybe changing the jumper, and um, I, um, you know, I said oh, well, that's good, You know, so when I come back, we sort of negotiated the deal, and I think we got two hundred thousand today oh, Two hundred and
1: fifty, actually. I'm just reading uh, it right now. <laughs> yeah.
5: But there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of resentment from the loyal Carlton supporters about changing the famous jumper, and. Uh, I mean, nowadays, they change them every five minutes, but back in those days, it was unusual, um, which sort of, you know, we... Carlton were prepared to do things that were different. I mean, the Optus Oval deal, which I was involved with, with Ian Collins, um Collins, um, that was the first major naming rights to a sporting uh, ground in Australia, and that was a magnificent sponsorship. I mean, Optus have been a fantastic supporter of the club now for over 20-odd years. Um... So, I'm uh, never afraid, especially with John Elliott. I mean, he was always prepared to look at different things. And, you know, the change of a jumper was was more about um, whether the PSL or the AFL would agree to it. Yeah, that's... And um, yeah. Collo was at the AFL at that stage. And I rang him and went to see him. he said, yeah, we'll let you do it. So we did it.
0: I think, Athol, that it's... If, if you had to ask many people what's one of the best marketing moves ever in the VFL of the past probably 30 years, I think most people would have that in their top five. It was absolutely phenomenal effort by Carlton. And, uh, a few other clubs tried it and they didn't get the, uh, I guess, the ground, you know, they didn't get the attention. I know North Melbourne tried it probably four or five years later and they did. The Carlton mum hit, hit the ball out of the park for six. That was fantastic work by the Carlton Footy Club on that one. Uh, I wanted to ask you a little bit about uh, moving to the VFA as, as such. Uh, how did all that come about? From going from Essendon Footy Club and uh, be back at the VFA uh, in a yeah pretty pretty challenging time I guess for the league in terms of uh, what was going on.
5: Yeah, well I was at Essendon and um, I had seven years at Essendon and I, I loved every minute of it and it's been you know pretty successful time. We won two day premierships and I think two or or maybe three night premierships. I can't remember really, but um, it was good times. A great bunch uh, both board and the um, staff and the players um, they're a really good bunch of people so I loved every minute of it but I got a phone call from um, a guy that was given the job of um, of recruiting the new um, executive director of the VFA and uh, his name was John Brady and I got a phone call and said look would you come and have a chat so I went and had a chat to him and Um, I was sort of probably looking for a change, and the challenge of the VFA uh, excited me. And uh, in the end, you know, after about a month, we came to terms, and I I started in uh, the VFA. I think in about November of uh, nineteen eighty-seven. And the first thing we did a lot of made a lot of changes in a short period of time. Um, But the first thing we did was we spoke to uh, Channel 2 about televising BFA footy. And as you know, back in the good old days of Channel 10, um, it was not to be missed on a Sunday afternoon. Unfortunately, the ABC had an art program on a Sunday which couldn't be moved. Um, <laughs> so the only choice we had was to play a match of the day on the Saturday, and that's what we did. We uh, picked one game per week and played it on the Saturday which was televised live and of course all the finals and it was a great uh, boost to VFA football even though the clubs resented it initially because we're taking home games away from their ground. Um, it gave you know a lot of attention back to the VFA and certainly brought a lot of sponsorship uh, back to the competition um, and then we started to pay clubs for playing on, in the match of the day and then eventually we... Had a very good uh, signage company, which took the signs around to the ground. So we started playing the match of the day at home ground. So it, w- it was a tough time. We made a lot of changes, but I think the standard during that time um, was excellent. And we we won a carnival in Tasmania, which was uh, Queensland, see Australian Amateurs, Tasmania, and the VFA in eighty. By 100, we won the grand final by 120 points. So we took a very professional approach in whatever we did, and um, you know we appointed one man commissioners in the tribunal long before the the AFL did. Um, Bill Della sort of got involved in the umpiring side of things, and I think that improved. And that was really what I was trying to do: was introduce new standards and higher standards.
1: Uh, for the competition and for the clubs. How did you? There were some really tough times there because you had to turn the two divisions into one division and, as we know, a fair few clubs fell over in the late 80s. Um, how did that um, affect you and um, how was it telling sometimes a, a few clubs the bad news that it was all over for them in the um, VFA? Well,
5: we never told the clubs since I, when I was involved, that they were finished. I mean, we set some standards and we brought in certain uh, rules um, that we tried to help clubs as much as we possibly could. It was really the clubs that were, were the ones that put up their hand and said, we can't go on. And um, uh, I know, look, it's very sad and you see some really sad moments for people to be involved in clubs for such a long time. And I remember... Sunshine and Camberwell, um, and later on Brunswick, even uh, you know where Keith Gregg and Shimmer came from. Yeah. So it's very sad, uh, but it was you know a difficult time. The cost of running clubs are getting more and more, getting more difficult to compete for sponsorship. But The competition, you know, I think went through that stage. And when I left, I think there were still twelve clubs playing in first division, um, and the standard of footy was very good. I thought.
1: Yeah, no, definitely the standard did, did improve. How do you see the competition today? Um, would you like to see Victoria have its own state league like South Australia and Western Australia? I know they've got the AFL teams in there as well, but not to the amount that we've got them I mean, um, in. Or um, are you quite happy with the way the VFL is right now? Um, oh,
5: look, I think it would be good to have a statewide competition Um, and I'm not even sure how many sides are in the current competition but um, the thing that really disappointed me was the AFL calling the competition the VFL I mean it's not the VFL Um, VFA is the oldest established football competition in Australia. It was established in 1877 it was the birthplace of the 12 original VFL teams. And when you look at a Bobby Skilton who played 300 games and won three Brownlow medals in the VFL, and you compare it with some guy, and I'm not being disrespectful to whoever that might be, that's played 300 VFA games, they're now classed as VFL games. It's it's ridiculous, and it was very poor form in my view by the AFL in not retaining the VFA as the name of the competition.
0: It's a very proud name, and I know uh, one of your ex-teammates, Phil Cleary, fought very hard for it. And um, I know that, yeah, it's, it's something that uh, you know a lot of people do hope comes back in some some way somehow. I know it's probably very remote, but uh, you, you hit the nail on the head that it did. Uh, I did lose a bit of that prestige, I guess, um, from for a lot of people that the name change.
5: Well, I think it's it, um, it's showing disrespect to the history of the game. As I said, it was the first established football competition in Australia. And it was a birthplace of the 12 original VFL teams. Yeah, it's, but the AFL showed total disregard to just tossing the history of the VFA out. Yeah, it's a very and good point. Some talk at one stage about clubs being credited uh, for premierships <laughs> in the VFA days. I yeah. mean, it's ludicrous.
0: I couldn't believe that. And I, when someone mentioned that to me, I said... I said to them, uh, "So you're telling me if Port Melbourne had a won a premiership in 1880, what well, they'd be credited with an AFL premiership now, would they?" And that person didn't know how to respond. So I think that was, a, yeah, that was ludicrous that they think that they'd try and get the uh, 1877 to, to 1897 premierships. So I think you, you're spot on there. Uh, final question from me: uh, I've noticed that you're very passionate about the history of Tasmanian football and uh, writing some great articles and um, of all that. As, as we mentioned at the start of the show, being from Burnie, uh. How have you enjoyed, I guess, doing all that type of stuff? And uh, the final question is, um, would you like to see Tasmania get an AFL side?
5: Um, well, the first part is that um, I, uh, Robert Shaw, you know, we started this Facebook page, and uh, I think initially we had 50 members. we now got 600. Uh, we've now got 6,000. And Robert asked me to write a story about the 1970 state game, which is a fairly famous game when we beat... Uh, Western Australia by two points in Hobart and then I did that and then he said why don't you write a, about a few players and I said well the reality is it's 50 years since I've some of them I haven't seen since the day of the game because of the fact I was from Burnie and uh, there was players from Launceston Hobart in the team obviously but anyway I, I did a couple and I really enjoyed it and I finished up doing every player that played in that game and it was uh, it was a great experience um talking to guys that you haven't spoken to for 50 years, but you had that common bond playing in a, uh, a state and a Victoria state site. Um, you know, some of the phone calls went on for two hours, and then I'd ring them back and check a few things. So it was a very good experience. And the other thing that happened was that I'd speak to one player, and he says, oh, I haven't heard from Billy Jones, uh, you know, have you've got a contact number. So all of a sudden there was a, you know the reuniting of um, friendships and um, mates that haven't spoken to one another for years. So it was a great experience and I enjoyed it. Um, And now we're trying to establish a a Tasmanian football museum, um, which is our next project. But um, the next question was about Tasmanian... Look, I'd like to see a Tasmanian side in in the AFL, but it has to be done properly. And I think, um, you know, somebody like a Rodney E um, would be a great person to uh, advise on, on the football side of things what, what's required and how it's formed. If they, if they just throw a side together that's going to get smashed each week, because the Tasmanian public will lose faith and patience and interest very quickly. They've got to make sure the side's going to be competitive. Um, so yes, I'd like to see it a side playing the Tasmanian colors in the AFL, but as long as it's done properly. And they haven't done such a great job with Gold Coast or uh, Greater Western Sydney, so you know, hopefully they've learned from the mistakes they've made there.
0: That's a very yeah. fa- fair point Athel, and um yeah, I think I think you, you you're very spot on in terms of it's got to be done properly and um yeah, it's a very good point. Uh, Athol, we really appreciate you joining us tonight to talk about the good old days of the VFA and uh Um, Good luck with yeah continuing writing them articles. If you do, I've 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 really enjoyed. uh, I've got a bit out of reading them and learned a lot of stuff. So well done on that as well. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for joining us tonight. It's a
1: pleasure. Thanks, Ethel. Thanks,
0: Ethel. Ethel Hodges, gentleman, uh, absolute gentleman. uh, Spoke very well, and uh, yeah, took us through a lot of lot of fa- famous moments as well. With the, the one that stood out, I guess, as a kid was that M&M jumper. So yeah, yeah. that was another I didn't know about that. So that that was very cool.
1: Yeah, no, he's, he did a few things like you remember that deal with um, Mars all all that way back. Um, then led to another, another deal lo- long after Athol had left Carlton because they had Mars on the back of their jumpers for a fair few years. They still may have them on the back of their jumpers. I think. Carlton. Yeah, I'm not sure.
0: It's funny one about yeah. Mars. That, that when when Tasmania were going to join the, the VFL or the AFL in two thousand and nine, yeah. yeah. Mars put up money to say we'll be the major sponsors. So
1: Cadbury. No, Cadbury. it was Mars, yeah, but, Mars. Okay, they're not a Cadbury product, are they? Nah, no, they're a completely
0: different opposite yeah. They're the competitor. So yeah. maybe that was a ploy by Mars. I said, we want to yeah. try and capture Tasmania. But, yeah, it's it's a good point um, the, yeah. the, about the M&M jumper.
1: He also had a bit of a consultant role to the Western Bulldogs. But um, I think um, we, we might wind it up for the we, night. We, we, got, it, we
0: got approval. At 7.59, yeah. I messaged the timekeeper of VFL Rewind. I said, have we got permission to go a yeah. bit over? And he yeah. said, granted. That's Gr- all he said. Gr- granted. Yeah. So, well,
1: Once it goes, his quarters... Robbo time. This is a Robbo show. 33-minute quarters, and he tried to actually... um, He gave me all the times of the quarters that he had, and we averaged it out, and it was still 33 minutes.
0: We've gone a bit over time now, but we we had to get Athel Hodges, as we mentioned. He's been a bit of a a legend of the VFL in terms of being an administrator, and when we get them people on, they've always got a great insight. So. Laoshi, as per usual, thank you very much for joining us.
1: Thank you, and we will be working on Robbo to come back in the studio at some time later on in the year, maybe just before the finals, I reckon.
0: Fingers crossed. You've been listening to VFR Rewind, we'll see you all again next week.